Hey, look out! It's the Waste and Safety Compliance Podcast, the hope for the hyper-regulated, where we unravel the regulatory mysteries of the legions of acronym-odious agencies who want to keep you perpetually licking their tall leather boots. Our goal is to help business owners and managers like you to overcome the EPA, DOT, and OSHA compliance obstacles through knowledge and understanding, breaking the circle of fear by putting the rules into plain English. The Waste and Safety Compliance Podcast is brought to you by Echelon Environmental. I am your host, Ron Harvey. But first, for a quick disclaimer. The general information presented here is for educational purposes only. It will be helpful in guiding your environmental health and safety programs, but our instructions throughout this series cannot be construed as legal advice of any kind. Your needs may extend beyond the scope of this series of discussions, so you're encouraged to get professional assistance with specific regulatory issues. At the end of this discussion, we will show you how to contact Echelon Environmental and get your complimentary quick compliance assessment. There, you can learn some of the common issues that the regulators love to pounce on if they drop by for a friendly visit. Our hope for you as a new EHS manager is that our commentary will give you some broad directions in this very important role. And as always, we are glad to be of service. Welcome to episode one of the new EHS Manager's Survival Guide. In this session, we're going to explore how you became the EHS Manager and what that means. We're going to talk about the role that you have to play and how important it is. We're going to get you started on the right path to deal with these new responsibilities. And also, we're going to discuss what EHS means and why it is a career path, believe it or not. Usually, it goes like this. The company owners or managers have discovered that there's some regulation that they've been ignoring. Or maybe they've heard some news about a competitor or another branch of their organization that has uh, gotten in trouble for not complying with the regulations. The bottom line is that the leadership at the company has recognized the fact that they're not prepared, that they haven't really lived up to their responsibilities for environmental health and safety. So they've concluded amongst themselves, oh darn, we've got to get our act together. So they quietly ask amongst themselves, uh, who's available that can take on these additional responsibilities? And generally, no one raises their hands to do so. Because Becoming the waste manager or the safety guy is not often considered a positive career move. 
or perhaps the previous EHS manager has retired or moved on and they're looking for somebody to fill that role. So the search is on and you wound up with the position. So you might be asking yourself, why me? Well, maybe you volunteered. Maybe you did see that this was uh, somewhere to go. Maybe you were in a dead-end position that you know offered nothing uh, substantial in the future. Uh, maybe you realized, as I did a long time ago, that when the uh, management comes to you and they've chosen you for a position, you said, it, it's always best to just say, yeah, I'll take it. Because maybe if you turn it down, they won't be interested in giving you any other opportunities in the future. There are several reasons why you could have been chosen. Uh, the primary one uh, would be is if you've had some experience in uh, safety management, in chemistry perhaps, in um, the waste management, in whatever realm of the regulatory dealings, uh, perhaps you were the only one that had any kind of real experience. So you had been selected. The other uh, instance of why people get selected for EHS positions, believe it or not, is based solely on their proximity. And by that I mean that the person whose office is closest to the uh, waste storage area has often been selected as the waste manager. The uh, person whose office is closest to human resources can also wind up being tasked as the safety person. Your education also could have been a factor in the selection. Generally, your company is going to look for somebody with some kind of a college degree to handle something as significant and as serious as the environmental health and safety regulations. Congratulations! You have begun on a rewarding and a enriching experience. Believe it or not, take myself for instance, I started in this business purely by accident. I was looking for a job, had a real hard time at that, uh, at that point. The economy wasn't real good. And one day I just happened to drive past a hazardous waste facility in the town next to me. And I just decided, well, let's give it a try. So I pulled in there, I dropped off a resume. They called me back later that afternoon for an interview. The next morning, I started at that hazardous waste facility, and believe it or not, I've never wanted to do anything else since then. I have told people that work with me every single day, you can learn something new in this industry because there is so much involved in it. So regardless of what your responsibilities are, it really is an interesting path, and I hope that you really embrace it because first off it's important second off you can really learn a lot about yourself and third is that it can become a path that you choose to follow for the rest of your life like me so now that you've accepted the position 
you might be asking yourself, well, what is EHS anyways? It is the position at a company where environmental health and safety issues are addressed. EHS is generally used to describe the position for the people that are responsible for environmental protection, uh, waste disposal, employee safety, and uh, transportation issues specifically in relationship to hazardous materials. But the bottom line is you're going to be dealing with one thing when it comes to EHS. You're going to be dealing with regulations and lots of them. The EHS person at your facility is primarily going to be responsible for the management of three different sets of regulations, EPA, DOT, and OSHA. Now, not necessarily every facility is going to deal with each of these. For instance, if your facility doesn't generate any hazardous waste or have lots and lots of chemicals around, the EPA issue is going to go away. If your company doesn't uh, distribute or receive uh, hazardous materials uh, from trans in transportation, then the DOT issue goes away. OSHA, on the other hand, pretty hard to get away from that. Just about every facility, company, anywhere has some OSHA responsibilities. The EPA issue that you're going to be dealing with is usually based around the management of hazardous waste at your facility, but it can also include lots of other issues. For instance, the storage of large quantities of hazardous materials. It can involve uh, the discharge of air pollutants at your facility. It can, it can deal with the discharge of uh, water, wastewaters from your operations. The DOT rules cover the transportation of hazardous materials by rail, highway, water, or air. And the OSHA rules cover the employee's responsibility to provide a safe workplace for the employees that they don't hurt themselves that they don't get exposed to chemicals, generally that they're kept safe. Now, all of these responsibilities put together can be a big deal if you're working for a large company that has multiple operations, that has lots of chemicals going back and forth. If that's the case, then you're gonna be pretty deep into the EHS regulations. The role of the EHS manager can be quite a bit smaller if your company is uh, a relatively limited organization, not too many people, not too many terribly nasty things going on in the workplace, dangerous equipment or stuff like that. Now, these regulations are not simple. They are numerous. They are complex. They are vague. There really isn't any way to sugarcoat this pill. You're going to have to dig in. You're going to really have to put some effort, especially if this is a brand new thing to you. You're going to need to focus. You're going to need to learn. And you're going to need to pay attention.
to a lot of details because that's what the regulations deal with. The regulations deal with details. Still, this is an important position for you. The safety of the workers at your facility is essentially considered to be in your hands if you're responsible for uh, safety. If you're responsible for waste and chemical management, then the actual liabilities for your company are placed on your desk. If you learn it well, a new career path may be ahead of you. If you just toss this aside as a distraction, then it can be a problem. But I would like you to remember that the skills that you're learning are highly saleable in today's marketplace. Now, of course, we realize that your new EHS responsibilities are not the only operations that you're performing at your organization. That this is, in fact, an additional burden. You weren't just hanging around there before all of this came along. Now, many times we realize that your EHS duties are not at the top of your list and that quite often they'll be pushed to the back burner as uh, time goes on because the priorities of operations and making money for the business, uh, they do seem to take precedence, don't they? So we want to help you to keep in mind the fact that what you're doing is important and that nobody else is going to do it for you. Now the EHS requirements are going to require a shift in your duties but please take them seriously because they are really a backbone for your business the liabilities that your company faces for the failure of an EHS manager are really very significant. All right. Thanks, everyone. I really hope that this first step has shown you a little bit about why you need to take this seriously and that your the work ahead of you is not going to be easy, but it is very relevant to your company and to the people you work with. In our next episode, we're going to talk about how you can take the reins for the EHS position at your facility. We're going to talk about how you can begin to put together a framework for how you're going to get this done. If you have no uh, experience at all in this business, you're going to need to begin to orient yourself in looking at your facility with a new set of eyes. You're going to have to learn to take a look and seriously examine the situations that are going on at your facility. Once again, thanks for dropping by and we'll see you on the trail. Bye. Compliance. That is what the regulators demand.
If you don't know which rules your company is subject to, you are a sitting duck, and the regulators can bag you like a bully taking candy from a child. Your best defense is a strong offense. You need to learn the regulations and put the appropriate compliance systems into place. But I wouldn't recommend that you go out and buy copies of Titles 29, 40, and 49 of the Code of Federal Regulations and start reading. It is almost guaranteed that in one hour you will be way more confused than when you started. Honestly, the only way to navigate your way out of the regulatory jungle is by following a guide. Echelon Environmental has produced the Quick Compliance Assessment to help managers like you begin the process of getting a firm grip on the tools that will lead you in the right direction. It is available only through this link. Questions may be directed to me by email to ron at echeloncompliance.net that's R-O-N, my name, at echeloncompliance, E-C-H-E-L-O-N-C-O-M-P-L-I-A-N-C-E dot net. Or you can reach me by phone at 843-599-0330. Thank you for taking the initiative to help your business fulfill its regulatory obligations. We look forward to helping you. Thank you. Bye.